we are delighted to welcome Barwon Health Foundation as sponsors of Room 64. If you would like to support palliative care services at Barwon Health, please contact the Barwon Health Foundation at barwonhealthfoundation.org.au. Welcome to Room 64. I'm Christine Brooks. And uh, for this episode, I'm joined by uh, Jen from the Palliative Care Program and Nikki from We Skitters. So um, the theme for this year's Palliative Care Week is um, palliative care, it's more than you think. So we're going to focus a little bit today on talking about uh, some of the aspects of palliative care that people perhaps don't even think about or haven't thought about previously. And to start off with, I'm just going to get Jen to talk about the um, Have A Go program. So uh, over to you, Jen. So thank you, Christine. Um, and thank you, Nikki, for being with us today. So the Have A Go program is a program that originated a couple years ago when we had a younger patient who was in the palliative care program um, who in fairness, wasn't overly keen to engage with palliative care and with having a serious illness. Um, when she was asked by the staff what she wanted to do next, she said to the staff that she wanted to learn how to make cheese. And that kind of threw the staff for a bit of a loop in that moment. Um, but what came out of that was a beautiful program. So her name was Heidi, and she's given us permission to use her name. Um, and we've named the program Have a Go because... Um, that's the language she used. She said, I just want to have a go at learning to make cheese. And then it was, I want to have a go at learning to make sausage. Um, and from there was a program, Heidi's Have a Go. Um, so with the help of um, Hospice Foundation Geelong, they've come on board and funded the program. And we've just really been running with it from there. So what it actually is, I guess, is originally a bucket list program. So it gave people the chance to just do anything that they would like to have a go at trying. And over time, it's evolved a bit more into uh, different legacy projects. So that's where you'll come in in a bit, Nikki, is um, giving people the opportunity to think about what legacy means for them, um, things that they would like to leave for their family. Um, and we have a program and some funding to pay for those things. So that's that's probably the, the quick and dirty of it, but it's it's the opportunity for patients to think outside just pain and nausea and some mm -hmm. of those things we normally think about in palliative care um, and have a go at trying something new. Um, okay, so um, Nikki, we'll get you to uh, talk about We Skitters. Um, tell us a little bit about what We Skitters is and how you're involved in the Have A Go program. Uh, well, We Skitters for me was started as I have a son who is on the autism spectrum and it made it very difficult to get a part-time job or anything like that. So I started just sewing bits and pieces on the side, having a Sunday market, etc. And then one day I was chatting to my mum and she had found in her um, linen press a dressing gown that was from my grandfather. And I said, what are you doing with that? It's just sitting in a bag. It would be nice to do something with it. And she said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, maybe we could make a bear out of it. And there was enough. She's got three sisters. So I made four bears for her and her three sisters. And everyone was very emotional when they got them, as you can expect. And so when I make bears for other people I always like to find out the story behind the clothes and because it's funny how even just a work shirt can mean something to a to I had, I had once had a whole bag of ties for a very prominent businessman 
And she said, I know they're just grubby old ties, but this is what he wore all the time. And this one's got a mark on it. Can you keep this mark? And it's amazing how many people want the marks and the stains and the little rips kept in the bears because to them it means something. It meant that time when they were painting a fence, which is the one I've done recently for Parliament mm. Health, or when the you know one of the, a bird chewed through the whole a hole in their shirt. So it oh, becomes fantastic. very emotional. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. So how did you get involved in the Barwon Health? Jen actually approached me uh, through my We Skitters page. I'm not sure she, how she saw the page. I think it was just random luck. I must yeah. have had a friend who had spotted your page or shared um, shared some of the photos. And it was at the time, I think, when we were still developing the Have a Go program. So we were thinking about mm. what are all of the weird and wonderful things that we can offer people. And that idea just resonated so quickly yeah. um, with what our patients would probably like. Yeah. So I think it was just circumstance and luck reached out to Nikki and, yeah. um, and the staff took to it really quickly. So once they started talking to patients about it, um, the fabric just started rolling, rolling in, in and, yeah. and here we are. Yeah, because the tagline I use for, on my things is usually memories you can hug and hold because that's what it is. And I, I often joke that the way I know I've done a good job is I bring people to tears because when they hold it, they bring – because I don't wash anything either. When it comes to me, I leave it as exactly as it is so it still smells like the perfume or the aftershave or wow. whatever. What a nice idea. Mm. Oh, good on you. And so – what does it mean to you, Nikki, to be able to be involved in a program like the Have A Go program, the Bowen Health Palliative Care program? What does that mean for you? Um, it's very personal for me because I was raised by a single mum and her her ethos for both my brother and I was always um, just because you don't have a lot of money doesn't mean you can't be a good person and help other people. So we were always raised that if you can help someone, then you should. So, uh, you know, I don't, we, we're a single income family. My husband's the only one that works technically. So I don't have a lot of money to give to charity, but I can give my time and I can sew. So tell us about the tricky ones. <laughs> <laughs> there's been, a, there's one was a, uh, a silk kimono that she'd had for 30 years. Oh, wow. And it was that threadbare, you could see the other side of the room through it. When we were talking before, you mentioned that you had had some involvement or um, connection with palliative care, um, either through a family member or a friend. Um, are you able to talk to us about that? Yep. When I was, I think I was just turned 20, my maternal grandmother was um, diagnosed with massive renal failure, among other things, and they had said to her that she didn't have long. And... I remember going into the hospital and she said she had refused all kinds of treatment. She said, no, I just want to go peacefully. And I remember going, because I was very close to her, I remember going into the hospital and getting quite angry with her and saying, how can you do this? How can you just give up? And she turned around and she was a very forthright woman and that's apparently where I get it from and said, no, how can you be selfish and ask me to do something that's not going to keep me alive? It's just going to prolong something I don't want to do. And so she said, I just want to make the most of what I've got left. So they moved to, I'm actually from Western Australia originally, they moved to a, to a palliative care unit over there. And yeah, she she was quite funny because they used to wheel around a drinks trolley every night at five o'clock. And she wasn't much of a drinker, but she decided that she was going to try every alcohol on the trolley before she went. Good on her. And she did. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And, yeah, she, she, 
she seemed happier because when she was in the hospital, she hated it because it was too clinical. And whereas when she was in the palliative care unit, she could have her bed spread. She could have her little tape recorder with her John Williamson on it. And she was more at home and we could come and go freely. There was no visiting restrictions. And so it, it was hard because she was, you know, very close to me. But at the same time, by the time she left us, I felt like she went in peace because she had done the things, like you said, with the Heidi situation. She'd done what she wanted to do and she had made peace with everyone and everything and she was ready to go in the end. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that made us all feel better because she was the matriarch of the family. She, you know, right. she played Santa every year at Christmas holidays. So, but yeah. It, do- it doesn't that sort of... Um reinforce that theme for this year's palliative care week about it's more than you think it is because we don't we don't have a good sense of what palliative care is i don't reckon no. until we've actually experienced a good palliative care service or a good palliative care experience so i think that you know Nikki yeah and we and like to be honest my cousins and i were only young we were like all in our late teens to early 20s and we were quite frightened of going to a place where you know, that called was palliative care. Yes. Was, but it was such a jovial place and the, the staff were really lovely to us and very welcoming and it didn't feel like a clinical hospital environment where we were intimidated. It just felt like we were going to visit someone in the house and, yep. you know, and yep. they would – she was 72 and shouldn't have been smoking for the last 50 years but did anyway. But they would wheel her outside and let her have a cigarette because, as she said to them, well, it's not going to kill me, <laughs> Jen was telling me before we started the interview about uh, one of the first uh, bears that you did, which um, was a, a bear that had a, uh, a plaid shirt. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, um, that well, bear? I didn't. I didn't know at the time. All I knew it was plaid shirt and jeans. Didn't know. Didn't know the story behind. You know, but I decided because every bear that I make, it's not the same bear every time. I tend to look at it, get a feel for the clothes, and if I I'm not always with the, the palliative care ones, so I get to talk to the patient or know much about them, so that's a little bit harder. But if people come to my house and I get to consult with them, I always try and find out a bit more about the person so you can capture the personality in the bear as well. Yeah. And I decided that it would look good if we made it so that he looked like he was wearing the shirt and the jeans. And then, yeah, the feedback I got from Jen was that the family was quite happy because it looked like he had his shirt tucked into his jeans, which is what he did. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's why when Alison um, interviews the people, it's it's nice when she can get more information and because that helps me to, you know, because I don't always get in explicit instructions about I want the bear to look like this. Sometimes it's just, oh, we just want this on the feet, do whatever you want. So mm. you kind of have to get a feel. And I don't know if you believe in more spiritual things, but sometimes I feel like I'm guided by... You know, I, I'll iron something because I always iron everything and the war- the warmth always makes the smell comes out of the garments and I always get this sense of like, thank you. Oh, wow. Which That's is a nice. bit, you know. <laughs> no, it's lovely. But it does make me feel better. So this particular patient where it's the first patient where we've given you any clothing and I think we didn't know what to expect, you and the family, nobody really knew what to expect. And so we received these bears back and thought, this is amazing, we're on to something. But to, to hear... Um, the response from the family via Allison, our social worker, they were just blown away. And I think without knowing this person, you managed to capture their 
kind of personality and, and little traits about them. And I think the impact of that resonating on the boys um, who received these bears was massive. So the fact that you instinctively made the denim into little pants, yeah. tucked the shirt in, and I think incorporated kind of some stains and tears yeah. completely. I think it was uh, paint from where they'd been painting the fence with their grandfather. I think that's what, yeah. Yeah, and just to think the fact that you're at home not knowing that story, and then these boys are at home getting a teddy bear, and it's it's completely captured who who their pa is and was. Is amazing, and I think at that point the staff was hooked. We've been offering teddy bears to everyone, um, but I probably too. I just I just want to thank you because it's made such a difference to our patients who have received the bears, yeah. and also the ripple effect through the staff here. Um, they love when fabric comes in because they're kind of plotting how many days until a bear comes back into the <laughs> office, and Nikki will attest to it. Um, our social worker, Allison, snuggles every bear when they come yes, in. Yes, I got told. That's why I made her her own bear that she didn't have to give up because I heard she likes to cuddle all the bears when they come in. Exactly. So it's, it's beautiful. And I think that's the kind of thing also um, in palliative care. It's been really good for the staff. Like yeah. It's been a morale booster that these teddy bears magically arrive um, and we've got a volunteer who takes the time to do the courier runs yeah, back and lovely. forth. It just... The whole thing's beautiful. So I guess thank you to you. It helps patients. Helps thank you staff. to you for the opportunity. Given that this year's palliative care week theme is it's more than you think, what, from your point of view, now that you're actively involved, so actively involved with this palliative care program, what do you think it is, Nikki? Um, I, well, from my end of the experience, I think it's giving people an opportunity to leave behind good memories and something that they can be hold, held on to, not just the bears, but photographs and, and stories. Like cause some people might give them the opportunity to write down their life story so that somebody has got a record of that because that was one of the other things we did with my grandmother has got her to write down stories because she, she was also a nurse in the war, in the Second World oh, War. Wow. Yeah. And so we wanted to know because we didn't want those things lost. So I think it gives people that opportunity to leave behind their legacy the way they want it to be told and the way they want it to be heard and a beautiful thing mm. because, and I mean, it's a sad thing to lose someone with a long illness but at, at least you get that chance to say the words you want to say and to leave things behind. So I think it's a good opportunity to give people that, that chance to say this is how I want you to remember me. Fantastic. Great. We're lucky to be joined here today by Tamika from the um, Diamond Castings Geelong. So I'll get Tamika to just, if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got involved in um, the palliative care unit. Hello everybody, my name's Tamika. Um, I am a mother of almost five children, um, all girls. I originally got into hand castings for babies, um, which then led me to speak with Jen a couple of years back now, um, which I was so excited to get on board because um, 
palliative care was hugely um, prominent in my life because of my sister um, who was battling stage four cancer, um, who sadly lost her life almost two years now. Um, But I love that lasting memory of doing a family casting with family members of all ages, whether it be just a husband and wife or a mum with her kids or a dad with their kids or whatever family dynamic it is. It's such a beautiful lasting memory and I want to give that to people. People need that lasting memory, something that they can hold, something that they can touch. And I was saying just earlier to my mum, each casting comes with laughter and a story Mm. and there's usually someone there that takes a photo and they're always laughing saying, oh, my God, I haven't held your hand for this long in years and then there's this big joke about it and it just, I don't know, it comes with more than just what it is. Mm. It's Mm. a It's a memory more than just a memory. Sounds like it. So yeah. tell us, just to help us get a picture of, of you, Tamika, and, and your situation, tell us a little bit more about your sister. My sister's name was Beck. She was a single mum of five kids of her own. Um, she was such a fighter. She fought beyond any belief that I thought a human could fight wow. um, and fought until the very end and sort of has given me that strength to go, hang on a minute, I can fight too. I can I can do things for people and I can not just bow down and give up yep. on things. So the product I use is a dental grade alginate. Um, you mix it up with a warm a warm water. Um, it's sort of like a slimy sludge. I always describe it to children as slime because what child doesn't love slime? Um, so you hold your hands in a way that will display everybody's little hand or big hand in the best possible way. We dip into the bucket of slime um, and it takes about a minute and a half to set. I'm not sure whether Jen's watched the process, but I have been in here before to... Uh, to do a casting, which was everybody sort of watched a little bit and was mesmerised. Um, it's really cool. It's purple. It sets white. Um, yeah, it takes a minute and a half <laughs> to set. Um, and then, yeah, you wiggle your hands out and you're left with sort of a silicon-based um, mould, which then I take to pour my plaster product in. And then I peel all that rubbery stuff away after it's set in about a day. And um, you're left with an amazing casting. What a great opportunity to connect with people, though. Yeah. Like you must, you must see some beautiful, some sad, some funny, some some really, really heartfelt um, stories or situations that you've been in or experienced. Yeah, I always I park out the front of a a patient's house, and I always take a deep breath. And I'm like, you can do this. I kind of, you know, draw a bit of strength from my sister. Um, and then I walk in and I walk out after I've done it and I am always have a smile on my face. I never walk out of a situation feeling 
um, disheartened or anything like that. I always walk out going, wow, what amazing people. What a beautiful outlook on life they have. What an amazing story they have behind Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful kids, beautiful. Yeah, I've I've never walked away from a situation without a smile on my face or handed over a product without a smile on my face. That's just lovely that you sort of have that sense of doing it and taking strength from her before you go through the yeah. front door. Like, that's yeah. just lovely. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah, so I think back to your question, Christine, about how we connected in from a Barwon Health perspective with Tamika. I think, yeah, it was a bit of word of mouth from a family who Tamika had worked with who had such a beautiful experience. Um, and we reached out because with the Have a Go program, we've got some funding to be able to um, pay for these types of things. So it was a really quick and easy relationship built with Tamika. Um, and the, f- the very first hand casting she did, um, I actually remember I went and picked it up from her house and drove home as if I had the most precious cargo in the back. I was so worried about breaking this cherished memory. Um, but I brought it into the office and I was blown away by the impact it had on the staff when they all saw it because I think they saw... It's hard to describe one of these castings if you haven't seen it, but you, you know you can see every imperfection in somebody's hands and nails and knuckles and but everything that's perfect about you know the family knows the story of where the the ding came in their wedding ring or you know all the stories behind the scars and the blisters and and that's a really powerful experience I think to see somebody's hands frozen in time. Um, so it just was a natural natural relationship back and forth with Tamika because that idea then was really infectious with the staff and because we had photos to show other families um, it was just a really lovely thing to be able to offer Um, which goes back to the whole theme that palliative care is more than you think you know the the nurses then had the ability to go into a room and offer um, what you expect out of palliative care but also they could offer this extra thing this amazing opportunity to do a hand casting when you hand it over, when you hand over the casting, they must love it. I actually haven't been present for any of the handovers. Oh. So I haven't been a part of that, which I'm okay with because I feel like when I let it go, whether it be to Jen or another nurse who picks it up or a volunteer or any anything, I know that it's it's off and it's it's ready for its it's journey it's journey yeah to go back home so I kind of I I'm like Jen where I when I have them at home I treat them with utmost care because they are so precious that's somebody's memory that's somebody's hand and if that doesn't get cared for in a certain way that memory's gone Mm. Mm. so I'm very I'm very much the same they're all my babies yeah Yep. And they're all cared for and labelled and, you know, waiting for the drying process. I check them daily. I'm like, yep, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. It's like watching your kids. There is a lot of people involved in putting together Room 64. And um, there's, you know, Jen and I work on it and we're the, we are the face of Room 64. <laughs> <laughs> but behind the scenes, we've also got uh, Di, who does all the transcription, and 
die as a volunteer with the um, Bowen Health Palliative Care Program and does a absolutely sterling job thanks die <laughs> um, and we've also uh, we've also got a producer um, Dave Dave Rogers who uh, he comes up with the final product after we've just laughed and you know cried our way through each episode so uh, it's important to thank those people and also um, the comms team Jono in particular from um, Bowen Health so Thanks to all of them who make it possible for us to um, produce Room 64.